I would love to read, but for the sake of time, I will not. The latter part of chapter 5, I have read through that with you. Remember what's going on. Israel is in captivity uh, to the Assyrians and now the Babylonians, and they are all in captivity. Isaiah has prophesied that there's coming a man in about 70 years. His name will be King Cyrus. He'll be king of Persia. Persian Empire is going to rise, and God's going to use him to allow the children of Israel to go back into the land of promise. He's made them that promise. He has so many wonderful things down near the end of chapter 45. For instance, I, I love verse 22, which reminds me of the story that uh, Brother Jim White preached about and in uh, the story of Moses lifting up the serpent in the wheels. But look in chapter 45, verse number 2. Look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth. For I am God and there's none else. I love that. You, anybody anywhere in the whole world can look to Jesus. I was talking to Brother Tom Feliciano this morning about people been saved in his church and about folk been saved around here and what God's doing. I'm thankful. God can save anybody and it's a matter of looking to the Savior and trusting him. But now beginning in chapter number 46, he has, he has said some things here in the latter end and of course you know the divisions of the chapters uh, we don't break the thought and the thought continues on. But he's talking about the fact that he's the only true God. He's the real God. And so will you pick up the reading with me in chapter 46 and verse 1. Baal boweth down. Baal is a false god. Nebo stoopeth their idols were upon the beast and upon the cattle. Their carriages were heavy laden. They are a burden to the weary beast. And that is the, the, even their idols are a heavy burden to the, even the beast. They stoop. They bow down together. They could not deliver the burden, but themselves are gone into captivity. Hearken unto me, O house of Jacob, and all the remnant of the house of Israel, which are born by me from the belly, which are carried from the womb. Now he's speaking to Israel, the, the remnant, that is those of the two division of the tribes, Jacob and Israel. Israel being the northern ten tribes and then Jacob being the southern tribes around Jerusalem. Verse 4, And even to your old age I am he, and even to whore hair, which is gray hair, will I carry you. I have made and I will bear, even I will carry and will deliver you. To whom will you liken me and make me equal, compare me that you may be that we may be like? They lavish gold out of the bag and weigh silver in the balance, and hire a goldsmith and maketh a god that uh, they fall down, yea, they worship. They bear him upon their shoulder, and they carry him, and set him in his place, and he standeth from his place shall he not move, be uh, not removed. Yea, one shall cry unto him, yet uh, can he not answer, nor save him out of his trouble. Remember this, and show yourself men. Bring it again to mind, O ye transgressors. Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there's none else. I am God, and there's none like me. I leave off the reading there, but I want to call your attention back and look what he said about Israel. And he says in verse 3, I have born you, I have, you've been born by me from the belly, 
from your mother's womb. And he said, even to old age, I'm he, and even in, in the days when you have gray hair, will I carry you? I may, I have made and will bear, even I will carry and will deliver you. A few weeks ago, Kay made reference to it in her uh, little note. I preached a message on uh, the God who holds our hand. I want to talk to you this morning about that little phrase. Look at it in the verse 4. I will carry and then the word you. I will carry you. Will you bow with me in prayer? Heavenly Father, I ask now the Holy Spirit of God to speak to my heart and to the heart of these gathered. Thank you for the wonderful singing this morning, the specials in the choir and the congregation. And Father, in Jesus' name, I ask God this morning for your anointing power. There's no good thing in me. God, apart from the work of the Holy Spirit of God, nothing eternal will take place. But God, seated in this building on many women, boys and girls who will live forever either in heaven or hell. And God, I pray, God, that every person will know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, have all their sins forgiven, and heaven is their home. And God, I pray that you'd help the dear saints of God to understand that, God, we have someone who cares and who carries us. And God, I pray, God, you'd help us to understand that we do not live this Christian life in our own strength. And I pray, God, that you'd help us this morning. Lord, there are some who have bowed low, some who carry heavy burdens. But God, I pray they'd understand that, God, you're there for them and will thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to read to you what you thought was my clock. And I, I apologize. I don't know who gave me this. Somebody gave me this some time ago. I've got stuff sitting all in my office that are gifts. And most of you know this and you've heard this, but I, I've, I've never read it from the pulpit. I want to read it today. And, of course, it's entitled Footprints. One night a man had a dream. He dreamed he was walking along the beach with the Lord. Across the sky flashed scenes from his lying. For each scene he noticed two sets of footprints in the sand, one belonging to him and the other to the Lord. When the last scene of his life flashed before him, he looked back at the footprints in the sand. He noticed that many times along the path of life, there was only one set of prints. He also noticed that that happened at the lowest and saddest times of his life. This really bothered him, and he questioned the Lord about it. Lord, you said that, you, that if I decide to follow you, that you'd walk with me all the way. But I have noticed that during the most troublesome times of my life, there's only one set of footprints. I don't understand why, uh, why when I needed you most, I could, you would leave me. The Lord replied, my precious, precious child, I love you and I would never leave you during your times of trial and suffering. When you see only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. And that's hanging on walls all across everywhere. You may have one at your house on a little uh, like this, a little setup thing or whatever. And it's a good thought, isn't it? That when you're going through those dark days of your life, that he's there to carry you. Now, the only thing about that is it didn't go quite far enough. And what I mean by that is this. According to this passage of Scripture, when you get saved by the grace of God, he doesn't ever put you down. I'm glad you've got somebody who will carry you even from the womb to old age. When you've got gray hair, he'll be there with you. I was on the trip a few weeks ago, Regina and I, with Brother Tony Green in Taranda. And Brother Tony... Of course, some of you know, not only does he sing, but he works in the funeral home business some. And he had a funeral not long ago, and he said they had a funeral. And out at the graveside, when they were there, he noticed a tombstone of a husband and wife 
uh, right there where they were doing the funeral. And it had the man's date of birth and his death and the wife's date of birth and her death. And right in the middle, it said this little simple statement, we trusted God. And he said, boy, what a testimony that you know that through all of your life, through your birth and to your death, that you lived a life where you trusted God. Now, you can trust him. I want you to understand that. And what he does for you is not based on your trust. It's based on his grace. And he's a great God, and you can trust him. And you're, some of you are going through difficult days and dark days. Some of you who want to serve Jesus and are serving Jesus, you are having more trouble than you've ever had in your life. But I got news for you. He's carrying you. I thank the Lord for that. I, I'm glad that he's one who carries us uh, through all the difficulties of life. I want you to turn in this same book of Isaiah over to chapter number 53. As I was thinking about him carrying us, this particular passage of scripture came to my mind. And I want to share some of this with you just real briefly by way of introduction. And notice what he says in this passage of scripture. He, he's talking about our Lord, verse 2. And he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form, no comeliness. And when we shall see him, there's no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we're healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid upon him the iniquities of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He's brought as a lamb to the slaughter and a sheep before the shearer is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. He made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death because he had done no no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, and he shall see a seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul and be satisfied. By the knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. When I got to thinking about the Lord carrying us, I got to thinking about that old story about the fellow and he's coming up behind the guy and he had an old pickup truck and the guy's walking down the road and he's got a big old sack on his shoulder. And he said to the fellow, he said, you want a ride? He said, I sure do. And so he jumps up in the back of the truck and the driver's going on down the road in a few minutes. He turns around and looks and he's got that big old sack on his shoulder. And the driver said, man, Put your truck down in the body of the truck. You don't have to hold that. He said, no, sir, I wouldn't put you out to haul my burden in me too. <laughs> but you know, the truth of the matter is you and I are hauling a lot of stuff we don't need to haul ourselves because he's already bore it for us. I mean, he's, already, he's come of his own sovereign will to give us everlasting life. I looked through this past description, just noted this. Did you know what? He bore for you and he bore for me our shame. The Bible said he's despised and rejected. My dear friend, all the shame that ought to went on us, our Lord Jesus Christ had. I mean, he's the creator of the universe, and he was treated despitefully, and they rejected him. They spit in his face. He bore all of our, all of our shame, and what a, what a wonderful thing that he was willing to do that for us. But notice again, back in verse number four, surely he hath borne our griefs. He and carried our sorrows. He not only carried all of our, 
our, our, uh, our shame, but he carried all of our sorrows. Every sorrow he's carried. And my dear friend, all that, that you and I should have experienced, he's already carried that for. He carried all of our sorrow. But then if you look at verse number six, it says this, all we like sheep have gone astray. We turned everyone to his own way. The Lord hath laid upon him the iniquity of us all. He not only carried all of our shame, he carried all of our sorrow, but he carried all of our sin. All of our sin was laid on him. And so he carried that to cross. And the Bible said that every, every accusation against me and you was nailed to that cross. And he's already paid that sin debt. And what a wonderful thing that is, that he was willing to do that for us. Notice what it says in verse 5. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And not only did he receive uh, our sorrows and our sin and our suffering but our, and our shame. But my dear friend, listen, here it, it indicates, again, he, he bore all of our suffering, everything. Our, our, it was all laid upon him. And thank the Lord, he bore all that for us. He's carried all that for us. And I'm glad he'll carry you. He'll carry you. I want you to look with me over in the book of Luke in the New Testament. I'm going to show you a little passage of scripture that I, I think will be a blessing to you. It's a wonderful story here in the book of Luke. You've read it many a time. And in, in Luke, as he talks about these different items that were lost in chapter 15, watch with me as I read to you chapter 15, verse number four. What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he lose one, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it. And when he's found it, he layeth it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth his friends together. I want you to notice a couple of things about that. My dear friend, he goes out and he finds that lost sheep. And that's what Christ did for me. And that's what he's doing for you this morning. He came to where you are. You walked into this building, but the Spirit of God's where you are. He came to you to speak to you about your sin. Came to you to speak to you about your need. He came to you. He maybe he came to you during the night last night. Maybe he came to you through the prayers of a mom or dad, a family member. But he comes to where we are. And God comes. The Lord Jesus Christ comes. No man comes to the Father but by him. But he comes to us. And I'm glad for that. And he came to seek and to save. I like that little phrase, until he finds it. I'm glad our Father, he's not, uh, that our Heavenly Father's not deterred by our rebellion. He's not deterred by any problem going on in this world. And with all that's going on, he's going to find that sheep. He's going to hunt it until he finds it. But I notice this, when he finds it, he does not command it to walk the straight and narrow. He doesn't command it to, to do this, or ship up or shape, uh, 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 what is it, ship up. Shape up or ship out. I got it together. And he doesn't tell you to do that. He doesn't tell you to do the best you can. He doesn't tell you to hold on to the end. When he finds that lost sheep, the Bible said, he picks him up and puts him on his shoulders. And he carries him. Now notice how far he carries him. How, where does he carry him to? Does he carry him to Sunday school and drop him off and let some Sunday school teacher take over from there? No. Does he carry him to a preaching service and let the preacher take over from there? No. The Bible said this, when he arrived at home, I got news for you. When he, he saves you, he's going to carry you, not through the good times and not, ju not just through the bad, but he'll carry you all the way home. Thank God for that. When you trust him, he'll carry you. Let me just quickly give you three little things I believe this morning that be a blessing to you. Number one, he'll carry you when you're weak. He's carrying you when you're weak. Oh, you know what Paul said? Paul said, when I'm weak, then am I strong. He'll carry you when you say, Brother Bill, I've got weak. I, I, I'm weak spiritually, weak physically. I went by to see Miss Slice and the family called me. Hospice is there. And uh, 
And she's not, not long if God doesn't touch her. And she's an amazing lady. I'll just tell you that. Amazing how God blessed her. I wish you could go with me and had been with me in days gone by. She shared a little bit of her testimony here. But to hear her testimony, how as just a young girl, her mom and daddy were infidels. They didn't believe the Bible. They didn't believe in God. Her daddy was a very abusive and violent man and forbade her to ever go to church. Had a loving neighbor who begged her to go to church with her. Miss Slicing uh, was f- afraid, and, and, and they, she got such a burden. God got to dealing with her heart, and her daddy told her, if you go, if you, if you're not going to go to church. We don't believe that junk. We're just not going to believe it. And Miss Slicing, as a young girl, crawled out of her bedroom window, met that Sunday school teacher down on the sidewalk, and went to church with her. In the process of time, I don't know if it was that time or when, but Miss Slicing trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as just a young girl in upstate New York. She came home excited that day, all her sins forgiven. She felt so clean and fresh, and she went in the house to be sure and told her mom and daddy, I got saved. You know what her daddy did? He beat her. He beat her because she went to church. He beat her because she got saved. And he said, every time you go, I'll beat you. And every Sunday morning, she'd take her little Bible and put it up on her arm. And she'd go out the door. And when she'd come home, her daddy'd beat her. He said she did that every, he did that every Sunday until she till he died, beat her. Oh, listen, you say, Brother Billy, how could she ever do that? Because somebody was carrying her. A little old girl couldn't do that. Well, she'd get tired and weary. Besides all of her friends making fun of her at school and everything else. But God carried her through all of that. God carried her. I went by the house and uh, went to see her and walked into the bedroom. Her daughter took me back to the bedroom and she's laying there, had her eyes closed and looked almost like, you know, she had a little hair fixed and had a little uh, 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 necklace on. And uh, she's laying in the bed with her eyes closed. And her daughter said, Mama, said, look who's here. She looked up at me and here's what she said. She said, Brother Billy, I'm on my way home. <laughs> He's carried her through all these years. And now she's on her way home. I got news for you. He'll carry you when you're weak. Look over in chapter number 40, will you, of Isaiah. Back in Isaiah chapter number 40. I'm glad he'll carry you when you're weak. Every one of us is going to get weak. I mean, there'll be times that you'll get weak physically and spiritually. But i got news for you. He's not going to leave you or forsake you. Look in chapter number 40 of Isaiah. Will you look at verse number 11? He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arms and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. He'll carry you when you're weak like a little lamb. Weak as a little lamb. He said he'll take them up and he'll carry them in his own bosom. You know what that means? It means he carries them near the heart. You know, a shepherd, if you ever see those those shepherds, you see shepherds depicted. Most all of them had the long robes on. And uh, a lot of them wore those. But there was a special coat that the shepherd wore. Had all kind of compartments in it, kind of like cargo pants now, I guess you'd say. But it had all kind of little compartments in there. But sewn into that long flowing uh, robe of the shepherd was a huge pocket right here. Kind of like I got a little pocket here. But it was something special put in. He had a place where he'd put his cruise of oil. He had a place where he'd keep his cup and where he'd keep his sling and everything else. But inside his coat on the left hand side uh, uh, there's a big pocket. You know what he put in there? Lambs. And those little lambs were born. I, I was over at Nan Tiffany's the other night. 
friend had called and had a cow just about ready to calf in that cold weather. You, you just have to help them. And in that, that, you know, in the land of Palestine, while it's so hot in the daytime, at night it's freezing cold. And those little lambs, when they're born, that, little, that shepherd take that lamb and he'd, he'd take and he'd put it inside of his coat and it hold it close to his heart. And that little lamb would be warmed by the warmth of the shepherd, but he'd feel the pulsating heart of that shepherd all night long. And my dear friend, I've got news for you. He'll carry you when you're weak, when you can't see anything in the dark of night, when it's cold and, and you're lonely. And you know what to do. i got news for you. He'll carry you all the way through. He'll carry you when you're weak. You can depend on him. You can trust him. Been time, my dear friend, didn't know which way to go, what to do. And all I could do was just kind of trust him and trust him. What time I'm afraid, David said, I'll trust in the Lord. He'll carry you when you're weak in faith. Oh, you say, Brother Billy, uh, what about, I remember Simon Peter, and he's out there, and the storm's tossed, and they see Jesus walking on water. And Simon said, Lord, if you'll, if you'll call me, I can walk on water. Man of faith stepped out, walked on water. But when he saw the waves, he began to sink. You know what happened? He cried, Lord, save me. The Lord reached out a hand, picked him up. And when you're weak in faith, he'll carry you. You say, Brother Bill, I don't know if I got faith enough to carry me through. You don't have to have enough faith to carry you through. You just have to have enough faith to trust him as your Savior. If you trust him as your Savior, you're going to make it all the way through. I promise you that. Uh, he'll carry you through when you're weak in faith. Carry when you're weak physically. He'll carry you. I promise you he will. You say, Brother Bill, I don't think I can make it. Here you sit today. I've been with you. Some of you in the hospital. I've seen you sick. I've seen Bobby. Langdon, I sure thought he wouldn't make it. And uh, Lee and I stood there, had him packed in ice. He don't know how close to dead he was. And uh, I, he was right at the death's door. And he didn't have a clue. He didn't know what was going on. But somebody had him in his hand, and somebody carried him to this point. And I got news for you. He said, I'll take you when you're young, and I'll carry you till you're old, and I'll carry you safely home. Not only will he carry you when you're weak, but when you look in the book of Isaiah chapter 63, look in Isaiah chapter 63, and let me read this to you real quick. In Isaiah chapter number 63, and I got to hurry. Isaiah 63 and look at this passage of scripture and look at verse 9. In all their afflictions, he was afflicted. Boy, isn't it good to know? You say, Brother Billy, nobody knows what I'm going through. Oh, yes, there is. In all their afflictions, he was afflicted. In everything that you go through, he goes through it with you. Did you know that? In all of your loneliness and all your sorrow and all your sadness and all of your pain, he's ne he'll never leave you. He goes with you through it all. Some of your moms, some of your dads. And when your children are sick and, and, and they're, they're such bad shape, I guarantee you who does the most suffering. It's not that child. I've been in a hospital room with wives when their husband lay there in the bed and they were almost to the point of death. I know who was hurting the most. It wasn't nothing that was laying on the bed with sedation or medication. It was the one sitting beside the bed holding her hand. And I got news for you. Everything you've ever been through, Jesus went through it with you. And every suffering you've ever had, he's suffered with us. He's been with you in all of your afflictions. Watch. And the angel is present. Save them. In his love and in his pity, he redeemed them and he bare them and carried them all the days of old. I got news for you. He'll not only be with you in your weakness, he'll be with you in your weariness. When you just can't go on 
And he said, you get to that point. He said, I want you to know I'm a carrying you all the way. Some of you have been serving the Lord a long time. And uh, you, you put up with a lot of things and go through a lot of difficulties. But he'll carry you through all your weariness. And when you're tired, the Bible talks in the book of the Song of Solomon, beautiful relationship between Christ and his church. And it sees the bride and it said, who is this that cometh up out of the wilderness leaning upon her beloved? And that phrase leaning means reclining on him. All of her weight's on him and he's carrying her out of the wilderness. And I got news for you. You said, Brother Billy, I'm just tired. Don't think I can take another step. Hey, you, you make it because he's a carrying you. He'll carry you safely to the other side. Not only that, I'm, I'm through. He'll carry you in your weakness and he'll carry you through all of your weariness, but he'll carry you through all the wounds of life. I promise you're going to have some You'll have some from family and some from friends and some from foes. You're going to have battles. You'll have wounds. But I've got news for you. He'll carry you safely through. When I was pastoring uh, down in Valdosta, had this guy to come. Believe it or not, his name was Opie Taylor. And Opie Taylor shared with me a testimony. He was in the Second World War, fought the Germans. They were in an area somewhere near the Rhine River. And they had got cut off. And his, his company was there. He and three other guys handled the big machine guns. And Opie said the current commander came to him and said, listen, we can't get out of this. Uh, we, we, can't, we can't fight our way out of this. The only thing, our only hope is if we can hold them at bay long enough that under the cover of darkness, we can slip out. He said, but what that means is this. You guys would have to stay here. And when ammunition is exhausted, we'll be safe out of here, but you'll, you'll be dead. There's no way you can get out. And he said to a man, they said, Captain, you take the rest of the troops and we'll stay. And Opie said, they, the guys begin to move. They begin to fire and to keep the, the Germans down. And he said, they kept on and, and they kept on. And all through the night, they'd continue to fire. The Germans didn't advance. And he said somewhere early in, in, uh, in a later part of the night, he said they were down to just the last few rounds. And he said he heard this German voice or this German speaking. And it, and it called his name with a German accent. And he, he said, here. And he said, in the darkness, his captain came to them. And he said, guys, I couldn't leave you here by yourself. He said, there's a ravine here. And he said, I came to get you. And he said that captain came back knowing that he very well could die. But he wanted to deliver us in this passage of scripture I read to you earlier. It said, I will carry you. I will deliver you. I want you to know that in every battle of life, every wound you ever received from family or friend or foe, there's somebody who won't leave you in that darkest hour of your night. He'll carry you safely to the other side. Will you bow your heads in prayer this morning? With every head bowed and every eye closed, I will carry you, he said. Now, here's the thing. I've had people tell me in recent days in Brother Burke's family and other families, Brother Jerry's family, I don't know what in the world people do that don't have Christian friends that don't have the Lord and I'm the same way. And my dear friend, can I say something to you? He doesn't want you to go through this life without him. 
He loved you so much he died for you. And some of you this morning are trying so very hard, but you haven't rested and trusted him. He said, cast all your cares on me. I care for you. I'm telling you, you just ask God to give you grace this morning that you'd understand that you're in his hand. Understand that he's carrying you and he'll carry you through all your weakness. He'll carry you through all your weariness. He'll carry you through all the wounds of life and he'll carry you safely home one of these days. Just trust him and rejoice in him and point others to him and you can trust him. Let's stand together with our heads bowed and eyes are closed. Heavenly Father, I pray God the Holy Ghost right now will do that that I can't do. Lord, I wish that this morning I could let every lady that's here that's not saved know what it was to have her sins forgiven and know the joy of knowing Jesus for just a minute. I wish, Lord, that just for a minute I could let every man know that it's not a matter of being a church, being a member of a church, but it's a matter of knowing Christ. I'd like for them, Lord, to know the peace of God that comes from knowing your sins forgiven and heaven is your home. I'd like for every boy and girl here to understand that, Lord, it's not a matter of just going through a routine, but there's a reality that there's a Savior who loved them and died for them and that all their sins could be forgiven and heaven could be their home. I pray, our Father, that every saint of God in this building would learn the wonderful truth that you are carrying them. God, I don't understand all that families go through, and they won't. God, there's so many things that we don't understand. Our thoughts are not your thoughts. Your ways not our way. But God, we do know one thing. We know, God, you made a promise to us that you'd carry us. And Lord, for those who've been saved by the grace of God, you're safely in, their, in loving, caring hands that carries them through life. And God, I pray they trust you and rely on you this morning. There's some, our Father, who are struggling. And God, they've been trying to do it on their own. I pray this morning They'd understand that they are undergirded by the divine providence of God, by your loving, caring hand, and by an omniscient, all-knowing, all-powerful God. And God, you'll carry them through it. And God, I pray they'd understand that this morning. And that calls us to worship you more. That calls us to point others to Christ more. If we could just understand that, God, you're carrying them. And I'll thank you for doing that for them, Lord. And God, help me and my family over and over again, Lord, to rehearse and to realize that we are being carried by a wonderful Savior. We'll trust you and praise you for all you do.